Hello, my lovely listeners. I'm Dr. Mary Barson. And I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. Welcome to this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. Good morning, lovely listeners. Dr. Lucy here this morning. I'm without Dr. Mary because we have a special guest. And as you know, when we have special guests, we tend to just have one host, otherwise it gets a bit busy in here. But today I would love to welcome to the podcast, Shari Ware. And Shari has an amazing story to share with us because she's lost and kept off over 100 kilos. Welcome to the podcast, Shari. Thank you for inviting me, Dr. Lucy. I'm um, loving being here. Oh, well, you're welcome. And we first met earlier in the year when I was actually a guest on your podcast. Yes, which was awesome. One of my favourite episodes. <laughs> Wonderful. Wonderful. So I think... Um, we were talking briefly before about, you know, many of the reasons that women are, oh, and, and in fact, as I, as I say women, I actually am having my eyes open to the fact that it's not just an issue with women, but for men as well, but emotional eating and emotional, I guess, reasoning, if you like, for why we may be living in a bigger body. And I would love for you to share with our listeners perhaps some of your story regarding that. Yeah, so I started putting on weight from about the age of five and it was a gradual thing. By the time I'd finished primary school, I was about 60 kilos and I'm not a tall person. I'm, a you know, in a shorter body. Um, by the time I finished high school, I was, I was 100 kilos, a bit over that, at the age of 18. And... Once I turned 18, I'd actually never had a boyfriend up until that point. So I decided I might quite like to have a boyfriend. (laughs) And so um, I went on this crazy mission to lose some weight because in my head, I didn't like what I saw in the mirror. I didn't love me. And if I didn't love what I saw looking back at me in the mirror, how was anybody else going to? So I went on this crazy mission and uh, I, I drastically changed what I ate. I started exercising like crazy and uh, I lost about 40 kilos, got down to a size 12. Did meet a nice young man. We did fall in love and we, about 12 months later, had a, a little girl a baby and over the course of the pregnancy I started to put some of that weight back on and then we had a nine-year relationship that was um we were both young we're about 19 years old when we first got together we had a baby by the time we were 20 and at my 21st my daughter was one years old so very young and what I didn't realize is that uh, I had a lot of emotional issues from my childhood that I had never dealt with. I, I wasn't even aware of them. They stemmed from a few things. I did have a couple of instances of sexual abuse um, in my childhood. And what I didn't realise was that there were things that came out of all of that, how I felt about myself that impacted what I put into my mouth. Uh, so... I get to um, nine years down the path of my relationship with my daughter's father and we finally split for the last time and I was well over 160 kilos at that point and I just 
I kept going up. I actually don't know what my highest weight was at the highest point, but I know it was over 180 kilos. And what I didn't know for a very long time was that I knew what to do. It's not like we don't look in the mirror, don't know that we have a problem and don't try and do something about it. I certainly did, but I was never able to make it stick long term. And that's because I realized that my weight was actually my suit of armor. It was my protection. In the end, it was protection from a relationship. In all instances previously, whenever I'd had a relationship of, you know, any dealings with the opposite sex, they had not turned out well. So subconsciously, I had this connection that if I was if I was unattractive physically, then I wouldn't have to deal with that. I wouldn't be put in a position that I needed to get myself out of. So I finally did realise that, um, realised what I was doing, realising that every time I did try and made some progress, I would self-sabotage. And I still wasn't able to do anything about it as much as I tried until... Luckily for me, I'm very blessed. I feel very blessed in that I woke up one day and I thought, maybe I don't want to be alone for the rest of my life. Maybe I might like to have a partner. And once again, I was still very early on in my journey. I looked in the mirror and I didn't like what I saw. I didn't love what was looking back at me. And so I thought, well, I've got a lot of work to do on me. I'm not in any place to be having a relationship, so let's do something about that and then we can look at having a relationship. So it's been a long journey. I'd made changes. First of all, again, I made changes to what I was eating. I made changes, and I made changes back then that I certainly don't recommend to people when I work with them today. I just, I didn't know any better I listened to what I'd always been told is that you just need to eat less and move more, which I learned it certainly, it's certainly not necessarily about eating less and moving more. There's so many other things that come into it, but that's where I started because that's what I knew. Started with what I ate, added in exercise, and luckily for me, it was a case of when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. So while I was, and and most of this actually, a lot of this happened after I'd lost my 100 kilos, I started to listen to podcasts. A beautiful friend introduced me to podcasts. I I didn't know what they were. And um, I started listening to them and I learned so many things about health and wellness that I had absolutely no idea about. And that's led me down a long journey about health to do with health and that's where I'm at now. So wonderful. It's so wonderful. I think that, you know, so many people have been, I mean, we we call it diet trauma, but the idea that you have to lose weight to be acceptable to society is just so damaging to people and and I, as I said, even Mary and I have changed our tune recently because we, we honestly thought this was mainly a female issue, but it, it's not. It's just that women perhaps are a little more open to talking about it. But certainly for men, it is just as big an issue that they, you know, the, the physical appearance somehow determines your self-worth. 
So what sort of things did you do to try and improve your self-worth? So, and this is the thing I started to do something that I heard on a, on a Louise Hay podcast and I'll never forget it. It was about mirror work. And she said that the first thing that she did when she got up in the morning was go to the mirror, look herself in the eye and tell herself how much she loved her. And I thought, oh, and at this stage, I actually thought I'd done a lot of work on my self-love. I thought I loved myself a whole lot. (laughs) And so I thought, okay, tomorrow morning, I'm going to do that. So got up in the morning, went to the toilet first, and then I went to the bathroom and I looked in the mirror and I tried to look myself in the eyes and tell myself that I love myself. And I was actually really shocked that I couldn't do it. I couldn't look myself in the eye. So I persevered. I still looked in the general direction of my eyes and I told myself I loved myself and I told myself why. But that really was eye-opening to me that I couldn't, even though I was I was really a long way, a lot further along from what I had been, you know, probably five years before that, I still wasn't there yet. So I persevered with it and it's one of the things I do every day now. Now I can look myself in the eye and I can tell myself I love me and really mean it. But this is the thing. So there are so many people out there who aren't even aware that they really don't love themselves. It's kind of like, well, I guess I know when I was growing up, it was one of those things that, you know, oh, how much do you love yourself? And it was like a negative thing. Oh, totally, totally. It was the equivalent of, oh, my God, she's got tickets. Yeah, that's right. She loves herself, yeah. And it was really if you thought highly of yourself, you were, you know, it's an it's an Australianism I think as well, you know, don't get too ahead of yourself. Stay in your place. Yeah, that's right. Well, this is why, this is what I learned about why it's so important. I realized that there were so many things that I wasn't doing for myself. I would do them for everybody else, but I wouldn't do them for me because I didn't think that I deserved to, because I didn't love myself enough, because I thought I wasn't important. So that's one of the first places that we need to start looking at, okay, why am I not doing, I know we all do know, we might not know everything that we need to do, but we know at least one or two things that we can change that are going to get us moving in the right direction. And that's all we need to do. We just need to start and then the next step will come and then the next step will come and then the next step will come. But if we're not starting there's a reason why and it's not because we're bad people it's not because we don't have willpower it's not for any of those reasons it's because there's something stopping us and so often it's that we don't feel like we're good enough in some way it all comes it all comes every single thing all of those reasons why we self-sabotage ourselves in our life is because it all comes back in some way shape or form to I'm not enough Mm. Totally. Absolutely. And the stories that come in our head, you know, I think the classic is when people are starting and then for whatever reason, they don't feel it's fast enough. 
So, oh, God, everyone else is doing it really well. They've all lost 20 kilos, 30 kilos, and I've only lost five. It's not fast enough. I'm not doing it properly. It's just not enough. So they stop. The other interesting thing that I find, and you probably do too with the people you work with, is, and again, I'm generalising, so women are often the people that will prepare the family meal, and it may be, the, it may be men too, but what they will do, this is what comes up a lot, is they'll go, right, well, I have to cook something that the whole family will eat. So they'll cook something and then instead of doing maybe a low, because as you know, we're, we're low-carb advocates, so instead of doing a low-carb cauliflower rice or something, they'll do normal rice for the family and then they'll say, oh, and I don't want to cook two meals, so I just ate the rice. And it's like, well, why don't you cook the cauliflower rice and then they can just eat that? Yeah, this is, and it is so true. And this is one of the things I say is firstly, there's a reason why you're eating the way that you're eating. You know, if if we're going to cauliflower rice and all of those things, there's a reason. What is it? Usually it comes back to because that's what's healthier. I want the healthier choice. So don't you want that for your whole family? Mm -hmm. Yes. That's the first thing. And the second thing is that, Whenever I'm working with people, it's always about, okay, especially to get started and and not even just to get started, but to continue something long-term, we want to find the easiest way that we can do something. So having to cook two meals, that's not easy and that's not sustainable long-term. Yes, absolutely. Make the right thing easy, make the wrong thing hard. Yeah, that's right. I'm always talking about that. I learned that from a horse trainer who, when we had a naughty pony, he would say, right, what do you want your horse to do? Okay, make that thing easy for it. What don't you want it to do? Make that thing hard. Yeah. So, yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah, I love it. And it's funny how we don't um, don't even realise we're doing that. With, And I think that there are also food stories tied up in our mind about, you know, food is love. So making your family the food they like is a way for you to show them love but what about showing yourself that and also the perspective on yes food is love we might have that belief but we could have the perspective of there's always a point in time that we don't know and when we don't know then the issue comes when we do know, when we know and then we have to make changes or we want to make changes. But having the perspective of, okay, well, that's how I used to show love when I didn't know any better when it came to food. Now I know better. I actually know that that's actually not loving my body at all. This way that I've learned now, this is really showing my body that I love it. And it's not comfortable because I haven't done it before but it's like how does anything get easier we didn't learn to ride a bike we didn't just get on a bike and know how to ride it it took some time we might have fallen off a couple of times but we persevered and we got it right and now we can ride a bike it's the same thing with anything in our life that we're not used to doing and especially food because food is something that we were raised with we were raised a certain way and it's not about blame people didn't know any better they did what they knew and that's what we learnt. but when we know better it's important to do better and we're not going to be perfect at it 
We need to no. give ourselves some space and some grace and know that we're not going to be perfect. It's not about being perfect. But every time we're better, that's going to impact our body in a good way. Absolutely. Totally. I love that phrase, some space and some grace. That's gorgeous. And I think the other thing is to recognize, which you alluded to then, this idea that understanding that we didn't know any better. So recognizing that perhaps we were using a tool that at the time served a purpose for some reason or other, and now is no longer serving you well. And so it's about letting go of that particular tool But also then finding another tool or another way to view a situation that you don't even need a tool. But sometimes I think people fall down because they just take away their tool for managing whatever it is and then they're left with nothing and they don't know what to do. Yeah. So many people focus on what they think they're missing out on rather than what they're getting in return for making changes. Yeah. And I guess this comes down to, you know, our language that we use around food and for a lot of people, you know, diet was all about quitting, cutting out, restricting, giving up, you know, it's punishment, deprivation. I have a diet-free zone. There's no diets. I have a healthy nutrition plan and that healthy nutrition plan does include what I call some sometimes foods, some things that um, are not nutritionally perfect for my body but I love them and and so I found a way to have them harmoniously so that it works with everything else I haven't taken them out entirely because that felt too hard to me it still feels too hard to me I want to know that I can have them I'm just choosing when I have them yes and I think that you just touched on a really important point is that everyone has different ways to do things. There's no one right way, no one perfect way. And even a person themselves may change what they're happy to do over a period of time, depending on what feels right for them. And again, I guess it's just that idea too of, you know, I often talk about like being honest with yourself when sometimes we can try and trick ourselves. And, you know, my story used to be that if I ate it in the car, I didn't really eat it. (laughs) That's a good one. Nobody saw it. Nobody saw it. But no one saw it didn't happen. If a tree falls in the woods, does it make a noise? If Lucy (laughs) eats in the car, did she really eat? So um, I think, Sherry, sometimes we have these kind of conflicting voices, don't we, in our head sort of, you know, it's it's a bit like Jimmy Rees doing the States of Australia at the moment where one state's wanting to do something and another one's wanting to do something else and you've got shut up, Victoria, going on in there. Did you have that as a, uh, for one thing and, and how do you manage it? Yeah, everybody has that. <laughs> I, I call it, well, first of all, it comes back to stories. We do all have stories. And when we're not aware that we have stories, and some people genuinely are not aware, then we, we don't know to question them. But when we become aware of it, then it's important to start questioning them. And then when we question them, I usually ask myself the question, is this serving me or not? Or the other way to phrase it, it's whatever resonates with you, is this functional in my life or is this dysfunctional? Because there are lots of habits that are not necessarily, because it's all about habits, there are lots of habits that aren't necessarily negative because of the amount that we're indulging them or however you want to put that. But 
for instance, let's just say chocolate. A little bit of chocolate every now and then is not such a bad thing. If you're having a block of chocolate every night, that's not such a healthy thing. So it's about asking yourself the question, is this actually serving me or is it not? Or is this functional in my life or is it dysfunctional? And we know the answer to that question just a lot of times we just act and we don't ask ourselves the question. So I have a process that I go through. I actually call it um, Fab Five and it's, it's literally taking five minutes and I use this a lot when it comes to emotional eating but you can use it for any of those stories that we're telling ourselves. So the first step is to basically take five minutes you don't have to take five minutes if you only want to take a couple it doesn't matter it's what you do in that time so the first thing is to just say we're talking about emotional eating we've decided that we're going to eat a chocolate bar and it wasn't in our nutritional plan today we take the time out and we we tell ourselves first of all that it's not about not eating chocolate bar we're not going into it saying that we're definitely not going to eat the chocolate bar that's the first thing the second thing is asking ourselves the question if I eat this chocolate bar that wasn't on my plan today, how am I going to feel about that? Is it going to get me closer to my goal? Whatever goal it is that I'm, I'm trying to achieve right now, is it going to get me closer? Or is it going to get me farther away? And how am I going to feel about that? Especially if you identify, and you've got to be, it's important to be honest with yourself. If you identify that it's going to get you farther away from your goal and you ask yourself the question, how do, how's that going to make me feel? If you know from past history that when you do that, you then go into a cycle of feeling guilty and feeling down on yourself and having all the negative self-talk and all of those things that go with it, then ask yourself the question, okay, do I want to feel like that? Is that going to serve me? When you go through this process and ask yourself, just taking the time out, even if it's only one minute or two minutes, to ask yourself in your head all those questions, you're going to get to the end of the process and there's either three outcome, one of three outcomes that I can see. Either one is you're going to decide that you're going to eat the chocolate bar anyway and you're not going to feel guilty because that's the decision that you came to. The second option is that you decide, okay, well, I don't want to eat the chocolate bar because I know that I'm going to feel really bad if I do that, but I do want to eat something so I'm going to have a banana or whatever other healthy option that we've identified we want to have instead. Or the third one is... Uh, no, I'm good now, I don't need to have anything or I'm going to go and dance for two minutes to make myself feel really happy. You know, a pattern interrupt, I always get people to identify a pattern interrupt that's going to get them moving in a different direction. So there's those three things. But when you start to actually take the time out to ask yourself those questions, you're going to see that the decision that you make at the end of the process is not always going to be eat the chocolate bar. Sometimes you're going to make a different decision and it's just about giving yourself the opportunity to make a different decision. And whatever decision you do make, it's going to be a carefully considered decision. It's not going to be I get triggered by something, I eat something as something that wasn't on my plan and then I feel bad about it and continue down the spiral of where that takes you. Absolutely. And I love that because what you're doing as you said, is questioning your stories. And it's really interesting because if until you've ever done that, you kind of have this idea that your brain just tells you the truth. And, you know, certainly my brain used to come up with this story of just have a little bit, 
just have a square. That'll be fine. And the square was never, I've never done a square. So I don't know why every time it tells me you can do this, you can just have a square. It is much easier for me to actually go, you know what, I'm calling bullshit on that. And I'm walking out the door and then do, you know, as you said, then do your distraction or your interrupter. But yeah, being able to be really honest with the stories. Yeah. Is um, it's empowering and questioning yourself, asking yourself, you know, if something comes into your head and, and you say something in your head to yourself. I actually ask myself, is that true? Is that really true, or is that a lie? Is that just something I'm I'm telling myself? So you, you get, as in the beginning when you start doing it, it's not natural, it's difficult. But once you, it, how do we get better at anything? We just do it more, we practice more, and the more you do it, the better you get at it. Absolutely. And then I think what you also develop is trust with yourself, which is this big part of self-belief, self-worth, self-love, self-trust goes in there as well. What I also love, Shari, that you've been sharing with us is that a lot of what you've developed is not, you know, people think, oh, I've lost all this weight. Hooray. I'm there now. That's the end of it. And in fact, that for you was probably the start of your proper transformation, if you like. You know, people think of the weight loss as the transformation and they're always, you know, that's that's always what social media will tell you or media in general. It's the before and the after. But what you're telling us is that your internal transformation came beyond the weight loss. Yes. And in fact, I'm actually glad that that happened for me. I'm really grateful for every single part of my journey because it's all led me to where I am now and and will lead me to where I go in the future, um, which is a really good place. But I really understand what is going on in people's heads to a really large degree. And this is one of the things I always say when I'm working with people. Let's work on loving ourselves now because I can tell you from personal experience, you can lose 100 kilos if you have that to lose. Hopefully you don't uh, or release, as I usually say. And you can do that and you can get to that point and look in the mirror and still not love what you see. And that's exactly what happened to me. I mean, I would look in the mirror sometimes and think, oh, yeah, I look all right. But I didn't truly love the person in the mirror. It's this thing we hear so often we need to learn to be happy now. It doesn't mean that we can't improve our lives. I'm always going to be working on improving my life in some way, shape or form. I'm never going to be done until the day I die. But need to be learned to be happy now because if you're not happy now, if you don't like what you see in the mirror now, there is no guarantee that you are going to like what you see in the mirror when you get to whatever that that goal is that you've set for yourself. And in fact, I would say to you that we are, as human beings, we do always want to improve. So we're going to get to a goal and then what are we going to do? It's not like we sit back and go, oh, okay, that's it. I'm done now. There's always another goal. So unless we learn to be happy now, when are we going to be happy? Yeah. Yes. This constant quest for um, happiness is, I mean, it's interesting now that I'm thinking about it, even the, the word happy, I mean, it's sort of funny, isn't it? Because we're constantly, you know, everyone says, oh, I just want to be happy. I want my children to be happy. But happiness, again, is just one of our enormous range of emotions and Happiness is fleeting from time to time as well, just as sadness is. We often want 
want people to perceive our negative emotions. We want them gone as fast as possible, whether that means eating or whatever. And we want our positive ones to stay for as long as possible. But sometimes we actually just have to learn to sit with whatever emotion is with us. Every emotion, whether it be a negative emotion or a positive emotion, they're all important. Life would be really boring if we were just at a constant state of happiness. How would we even know what happy is? Because we wouldn't have the contrast of those sad times or those times of anger. We wouldn't have that. So we wouldn't know the difference. So it's really important to have that contrast. It's just about, you know, not staying in those negative emotions for too long so that they impact us in a negative way and become dysfunctional. We need to have the ups and downs. That That's a part of life and that's how we learn to become more resilient. That's how we learn to be able to make change. That's how we become stronger and learn to love ourselves through all of that. But, yeah, it, it's really important to love ourselves now and, and also taking this, the focus off, off the scale and off the size of the body. I'm not saying that obese is healthy. I'm not saying that. But when we put the focus on what's going to create a healthier me, it's not necessarily going to be, you know, there are a lot of people out there that are in a healthy weight range on the scale that eat a lot of crap because their, their body just doesn't physically show it on the outside, but on the inside, their body's not looking too healthy. Ah, absolutely. I mean, you know, the number on the scales doesn't necessarily determine your health factor. There are plenty of people, you know, you could be a normal body shape, but you might, you know, take drugs. That's not going to be great for your body. You could be a normal body shape and weight, but, you know, drink four litres of wine a night. Again, your liver's not going to be healthy. So the external shell doesn't necessarily reflect what's going on. But I think what a lot of people do is they they try and motivate themselves to lose weight by being mean to themselves, by punishing, you know, by bullying, basically trying to bully themselves into being thin and, and lots, you would know this, lots and lots of negative talk, lots of critical language and it's just I know why we do it we think it's going to help us kind of shock us into action but it doesn't we just end up living with ourselves as a really critical inner voice and it's miserable I remind myself um, when that negative voice comes into my head I, I say to myself would I say that to my daughter and if I did say it to my daughter would it help or would it make things worse and I don't think there's been any time that the answer has come back, oh, well, first of all, either I wouldn't say it to her or if I did say it to her, it certainly wouldn't help. It would just make her dig her heels in and she'd go the other way, which is exactly what we do. <laughs> We're all human beings at the end of the day. So if it's not going to work for one person, why do we think it's going to work for us? I don't know. But, yeah, we're pretty good. We can bully us. We can try and bully ourselves. But, you know, we love the phrase that you can't hate yourself thin, you can't berate yourself well. As Australians, we are uncomfortable with that term of loving yourself, but it's time we got used to it. Yeah, definitely, 100%. Shari, it's been delightful to talk to you today. I'm so impressed that you've changed your life, that you've been able to release that weight, but it's more than that, isn't it? It's really that internal transformation of moving from someone who was 
deeply unhappy with herself that then resulted in her appearance to changing the way you think about yourself and therefore being able to maintain your new your new physical self, but more importantly, your emotional and spiritual self. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, now I'm every day I'm a healthier person, healthier me in the form of my mental health and my emotional health, as well as my physical health. Um, I will actually say that I'm not in the smallest body I've ever been in, you know. Some of the weight did come back after my 100 kilos, but I'm at a place where I know that I'm healthy and I move my body every day and I can do that and it's it's easy, it's not difficult and I know that what I'm fueling my body with is mostly really good healthy stuff. So, And I know that I love myself a whole lot more than even, you know, when I was a size 12. I definitely love what I see in the mirror a whole lot more. Oh, that's wonderful. So if people want to connect with you, how do they find you? So I'm on all the social channels, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. I have a podcast, as you mentioned, you're on my podcast, um, which is on YouTube and all the podcast platforms as well. Uh, So just look me up, Shari Ware, and you'll find me on your preferred platform. All right, lovely listeners. It's been wonderful. I've really enjoyed our chat. Thank you very much, Shari. And beautiful peeps. I'll be back next week, probably with Dr. Mary, and we'll see you all then. Bye, darlings. So my lovely listeners, that ends this episode of Real Health and Weight Loss. I'm Dr. Lucy Burns. And I'm Dr. Mary Barson. We're from Real Life Medicine. To contact us, please visit rlmedicine.com. And until next time, thanks Thanks for for listening. listening.